Hey gang, Coach Bruce Babishan here, a.k.a. your corner man, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in. Each week, my podcast takes a deep dive into what it truly takes to get the most out of yourself and those you lead in business, sports, and life. The show is real, it's raw, it's intense, very informative, and sometimes really emotional, but I promise in every episode, there is something that each one of you can take and immediately put to work that can have a positive impact on you or your program. Now sit back and enjoy this week's show. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the show. This is Coach Bruce Babishan, a.k.a. your corner man. And as always, I'm delighted that you've decided to join me and listen to the show. Uh, If this is the first time you're listening and you're listening from my website, www.yourcornerman.com forward slash podcast, please leave your email address. We'd love to stay in touch and share information and keep you updated. If you're listening from Apple or Google or Stitcher or any of the other platforms and you're enjoying the show and you're enjoying the content, please leave us a five-star rating. That may uh, drive us up in the rankings and more people can find us and more people can uh, get the opportunity to hear what my guests and I have to share uh, with you. Now, if you're a new listener, you're going to discover what many of our longtime listeners have discovered, and is that I believe in the concept that sports are great teaching tools. I believe that the challenges that you face in business and in life are, are exactly the same challenges that we face on the playing field or in the ring, and therefore the lessons that we learn in the ring and on the field and in the court uh, transcend those and, and can be very helpful and can be powerful teaching tools for leaders in in, in business And that's the concept of this podcast, to share the information, to share these lessons with you so that you could you could take what we've learned in sports. You can take the lessons that my guests share, I share, and you can apply them directly into your own life so you can build better teams, uh, have better outcomes and build better organizations. And today's topic is one that's pretty interesting uh, to me. And it's really one of these concepts that really does transfer, transfer really well. And it's called the four types of fighters. Now, this idea of the four types of fighters in boxing, and specifically in my sport in which I coach, um, is really was, uh, I created it. it. I didn't create it. I sort of, uh, you know, I learned it along the way. I modified it uh, to fit my own teaching style and my own concepts and my own philosophies. Um, but it's shared by many, many coaches down the line. And I was taught this. Uh, uh, and, and, you know, I teach all my athletes. And, and when they become coaches, they'll teach their athletes. But it's the idea that uh, there are four basic fighting styles. And uh, the reason that these fighting styles, they're not just there for descriptive nature. They're not just there to describe the type of fighter, but they're also there to describe the nature of the fighter uh, and the the temperament. And when it goes into a style, uh, the, the one of the four styles, it's important to realize that uh, who you are, both physically, mentally, and emotionally, must match up to the style in which you choose to fight. And before I go into any deeper, let me sort of give you this concept real quickly, and I think you'll you'll like it. So in boxing, there are four basic styles. And there's the one called the bull. The second is called the matador. The third is called the fox. And the fourth we call the fencer. Now, if you go in any training camp, any good training camp or any uh, good boxing gym, there's going to be that or a variation of that. There may be a different name, but we're all saying the basic same things. Uh, these are old school concepts that we use to teach. But I'm going to talk about each one of these concepts, and then I'm going to apply them. And I'm going to apply this this uh, concept that your your mind, body, and spirit have to sort of match up to the style you choose. 
Because if you don't, you're going to be in a world of hurt. And how this relates to you in your own life, listen, we all want to be certain things, uh, uh, but oftentimes who we'd like to be and who we truly are uh, don't always match up. And then we become an actor. Then we become sort of a fraud. Then we become sort of a, we're playing we're playing dress up. We're playing masquerade. You know, well, in fighting and boxing, there is no masquerade and dress up. You know, the, the boxing ring is the ultimate lie detector. And when you go out there, you're going to be discovered for who you truly are. So your style better match up with your physical abilities, your mental and emotional abilities. So let's first, let me break down these four kinds of fighters. And then let's talk about them a little bit in depth. So the first one is the bull. And we talk about the bull. We think of when you think of a bull, the bull is this, you know, it tends to be these strong, heavily muscled, come forward types of fighters. Now, if you think of a bullfight, if you've ever seen a bullfight in real life, you know that the bull is willing to suffer. The bull, the bull comes forward, willing to absorb punishment uh, to deliver the horns or to deliver his punches or her punches. And the bull is a rugged, rugged, come forward uh, type of fighter. Uh, and, you know, if you think of uh, a bull, and if you, everybody knows the name Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson was a bull. You never saw Mike Tyson dancing around the ring. You never saw him being cute or pretty out there. What you saw Mike Tyson was to come into the ring, as soon as the bell sounded, he went across the ring to destroy you. Uh, Mike Tyson, you know, he used technique and style, which to become evasive even in that come forward style. He was highly successful. Uh, but but that's what he was. He was rugged. He was willing to take one, take two to deliver one. And that's his style. He was bold. He was rugged. He was, you know, he was, uh, you know, he was a hard charger. He came forward. And that is a specific style. The second type of style is called the matador. Now we call it the matador because the matador fights the bull. And if you've ever been to a real bull fight, the one thing they don't pay the matador to do is to run around the bull ring. And so the matador's job is to run up on and stand in front of the bull, to stand in front and challenge the bull in its own space. And he uses angles and he uses footwork and he uses cunning and he uses finesse uh, and he uses uh, his mind to sort of overcome the bull. But if you've ever been to a real bullfight, one of the things you'll notice that every single time the bull goes by in real life in a real bullfight, the matador will take a knife and stick it into the bull. And he's, at first, he just makes the bull mad. But over time, he begins to drain the bull of his blood and bull of his energy. And over time, the bull weakens and collapses. Well, that's what a matador does in fighting. If you want to think of a matador, uh, there's, you know, you can think of a guy like uh, uh, Floyd Mayweather, a guy who runs across, you know, you know, Floyd doesn't run away from you. He runs to you and he stands right in front of you and he challenges you in what we call the pocket face to face. And he rolls and he uses his cunning and his shoulder work and his slips and his slides. He uses angles and footwork and he uses his cunning to to evade your punches all the while while he's extracting a toll from you little bit by little bit by little bit. And he eventually he wears you down. And that's his job. Now, interesting enough is a footnote. You know why they make bull rings around? Because if they made bull rings square, the bulls would eventually back the bullfighters up into the corners and kill them. So they made bull rings round so the, that the bullfighters could never be backed up into corners. And uh, in, in boxing, typically you never see, you rarely see a matador go into the corner. A matador will tend to be in the middle of the ring, even though he's using his, he doesn't run. He tends to be in the middle where he has the most room to operate. The third type of fighter is called the fox. Now, I want you to think about the word fox and, and what it means. And you always hear the sly as a fox. Well, a fox tends to be an opportunist. 
You know, uh, it's fox tend to be patient. They tend to watch and wait. They tend to be very cunning. They wait for you to make mistakes and they counter your mistakes. Oftentimes, a fox will set traps and they're patiently wait while you'll fall into the trap and then they'll take a, take a chunk out of you. The other thing to know about a fox is, is that, um, a fox will do different things. A fox will hide out. A fox will come to you. A fox will do what he thinks or she thinks is the most advantageous for them uh, at, at a particular time. But if you back a fox up into the corner, they will fight for their life. They will take a, a chunk out if you get too close. So a fox isn't afraid to fight, but a fox wants to fight a certain way. And they want to be they want to be smart. They want to counter you. They want to be patient. They want to wait for you to make mistakes. They're in, they're out, they're in, they're out. Uh, they're different than a matador because they don't automatically run up and challenge. But what they'll do is they'll challenge from a distance sometimes or they'll challenge closer. They'll challenge you in ways and they'll set traps uh, in, in, in ways that other fighters don't. And then the final fighter is called the fencer. And if you think of fencing as a sport, you know, the fencers don't like the, you know, the job of a fencer is to get in and get out without getting caught, without getting, you know, without getting stabbed with the, with the other person's blade. And so with this person is very tactical. They're on the outside. They don't want to fully engage. They want to get in the inside and they don't want to trade blows. You'll never see a fencer going toe to toe and forehead to forehead trading hooks with a bull. What you'll see the fencer doing is taking a jab and staying on the outside and moving and moving and moving and waiting his turn, looking for that moment when maybe the, the bull or the fox or the, or the matador's defense is down or their attention wanes and they'll try and get them and they'll make an attack and they'll get out. They want to try and win the fight with as little damage as possible. Now, if those images in your mind, you can see those are sort of pure definitions and, 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 and in life and in fighting, of course, People tend to be hybrids. They can be 80% this and 20% that, you know. Uh, they can be part matador, part fox, part fox, part fencer, you know. Uh, bulls, you know, tend to be more, you know, a bull tends to be very easy to identify. They're the Joe Frazier's and Mike Tyson's of the world. But, but you can be a hybrid and you can be, you know, partially this or that. And the reason I tell you this is, is that because not only do those styles come along with a physical requirement, you know, the bull being strong, the fencer being quick and agile on the outside, you know, the matador being, you know, uh, having slick moves and tremendous footwork and tremendous hand-eye corpora- uh, 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 coordination, uh, you know, and all of that. And the fox, of course, being able to move his feet in and out, in and out, dart in and out, get out real quick and then, you know, make you pay and, and, and take a chunk out of you when he needs. There has to be that physical component piece. And oftentimes what happens in fighting and oftentimes what happens in life is that people misdefine themselves. They want to be something. Their mentality is such that they're a bull, but they got the body of a, of a, of a, a fencer. You know, if you're going to run in there headlong and go toe to toe and you're not built for that type of absorb, that type of punishment, you're going to have a very short career. And people make this mistake all about all the time. They misidentify the type of fighter they are by the fighter they want to be. Part of understanding the type of fighter that you're going to be, and this happens in people and in organizations, part of the understanding of the type of fight that you need to put uh, put up is an understanding of the type of person you truly are, the type of organization that you truly are. What resources do you have at your um, uh, at your disposal? And that means this really requires you to really do a, a, an inventory. You know, intellectually, what type of fighter are you? You know, if you have a fencer's mentality and you want to be a, a, a matador, you know, you're going to be constantly con- in conflict with yourself. You're going to be trying to get out 
where matter is trying to stay in, you're going to be constant conflict with yourself. And so oftentimes what happens in life is that leaders choose the type of fighter that they want to be, and then they put their team in that type of fight when that's not the type of team that they have. I see this. I coach high school football as well. And I see teams, you know, a coach's ego gets engaged and say, you know, we're going to smash these dudes. We're going to go face to face. We're going to go toe to toe. Well, let me tell you something. The guys on the other side of the line, they're a bunch of wrecking machines over there. They're a bunch of, you know, these guys aren't teetotalers. These guys are over there with necks like bulls and they're ready to run you over. And if you're designed your entire scheme to try and, you know, uh, to go toe to toe with them. Uh, you can't, you're not going to win that game. And a great example of this in football is I want you to watch the, the, the Army, U.S. Army program and the Navy program. You're going to see here over and over and over again, you're going to see a group of athletes that are smaller, don't tend to be as fast, don't tend to be as big, uh, than their counterparts in some of the other schools that they play, but they run a certain type, they are a certain, they run a certain type of offense, i.e. they're a certain type of fighter that they use angles. They use timing. They use precision as a way of overcoming the physical assets of another person. Now, if the Navy team and the Army team, they wanted to go toe-to-toe, line up, you know, uh, hat-to-hat with the other football teams, they're just going to get run over because their athletes are smaller. But what they do is they adopt to match the assets of their team, the mentality of their team, and they adopt a fighting style that works for them. And this happens all the time where people misidentify their fighting style with the person or the organization they want to be with the actual person or team or organization that they are. And this is a failure in leadership because this is when egos get involved. And, you know, we all want to be the hero. We all want to throw the knockout blow. We all want to crush the other group. But sometimes you're going to have to finesse your way to a title. Sometimes you're going to have to use your footwork. Sometimes you're going to have to use your intellect. Sometimes you're going to have to use your, you know, the the, the assets that your organization brings to the table to beat a bigger, stronger, you know, a bigger, stronger foe. If you're in, you know, I always watched a TV show not too long ago and two ad agencies were competing for a business. And there was this one ad agency that just was just loaded with people and, you know, and, and they had, you know, just they had unlimited resources and they were going against these two uh, guys in this small organization. And what the smaller guys did, they were nimble and they could come up with, they were, you know, they were less caught up in the bureaucracy of ideas and they had to run less channels. And so they, they sold themselves and their ability to be adaptive and to be nimble and that being nimble in this environment in today's world was an asset where they could be more mobile and they could make adjustments with the client faster and adjust to the market forces faster. And they won. And, uh, you know, that's a perfect example of matching, you know, your fight up with who you are and what your capabilities are. But the common mistake is we like to be one kind of fighter, but we actually are another. And sometimes we don't like the type of fighter that we are. We vision ourselves, you know, as as the Mike Tyson when we're really the guy on the outside that doesn't have the knockout blow. And so when I'm working with my fighters or I talk to my go-give talks and I talk to my corporate clients, I always ask the questions, what type of fighter are you? What type of fighter is this organization? What assets does this organization bring to bear that the opposition does not have? And how do you take that and form that into a style that can beat your competition? You know, sometimes your competition is going to be bigger and stronger than you. They're going to have more resources than you. Like I said, then you better find another way. You better be more nimble, more reactive, more responsive, have better precision, you know, be able to uh, respond at a higher rate. Sometimes you're on the other side of that where you're playing your, your, your competition is a much more nimble 
organization, less bureaucracy, able to move, then you better come to the table with knockout ideas, with overwhelming resources, with overwhelming uh, uh, contacts and ability to to uh, to uh, to sort of overwhelm the market. These are the these are the ways that you sort of have to go about this. And I and I use the fighting styles because there's no more clear and evident example in the world than having two people fight. And you almost find now what happens when you have two bulls fight one another, you have a pretty good fight. You know, what happens when you have two matadors fight each other? Uh, sometimes it can be a good fight. Sometimes it can be a boar fest. Sometimes when you, you know, you have, you know, they, there's a, there's a saying in fighting. It says that styles make fights. Well, that's the exact same thing in business. Styles make for competition. When you're out there pitching your competition style, what is your style and how does your style benefit your client? Because styles make for fights. And you have to know your this, – this also goes into the, the, the latter part of this, is, which is you have to know your competition. And you have to know them well. And you have to know if your competition falls in what category they are, what type of fight are they going to bring to the game so that you can prepare your counter for that. If they're going to come as a bull, then you better have your counter for that. They're going to come as a fox, you better have your counter for that. You know, and in fighting, we prepare all the time. We prepare for styles. This type of fighter does this. These are his tendencies or these are her tendencies. This is how we're going to overcome that. They're a fox. This is how we're going to run the fox over. You know, they're a fencer. We're going to track the fencer down and we're going to corner them. We're going to bust them up. These are the type of things that you have to do. And it's the exact same thing in business. You know, many of you know, I spent many years in corporate America and I understand this concept. And uh, in the firm I worked with, we were we were a very big firm. I think we're the fourth or fifth largest in the world of our type. I was a managing director for the firm and eventually a practice president. And, uh, you know, part of the way that we competed with firms, each firm had its own personality, its own style. Part of the way we competed, we would go do our pitches against other firms. It's because we knew the other firms. And sometimes we'd win. And quite frankly, sometimes they beat us because they landed the right punch. But the point is, is that you need to educate yourself on two things if you're going to be competitive in the marketplace. The first being, who are you? What style do you bring? What are your assets? What are your capabilities? What is your emotional and intellectual component? Do those things match up? And two, who is your competition? And you need to understand in depth who they are and then how your style matches up and then prepare a game plan to exploit what you have to offer and what they cannot, to take advantage of what they cannot do, to look for their tendencies and to to, uh, build your plan accordingly. And unless you do that, then you're just dressing up. Then you're just playing masquerade and you're out there trying to be something you're not. Let me explain to you that in the world of combat, in the world of fighting and in the world of business, you're going to be exposed. It's the fighter that's prepared. It's the team that's prepared. It's the team that understands who they are that's going to have all the advantages in the, in the marketplace or in the ring. And so the question is, what type of fighter are you? Are you a bull, a matador, a fox or a fencer? That lesson applies to business and that lesson applies in the ring. You know, that was a quick one today, folks, but uh, one that comes from my heart. I, I probably use that metaphor every single day in the in the gym uh, with my fighters, uh, and uh, I'm glad we got the opportunity to share it with you. Again, now, this is the first time you're listening to the show, and you're listening on my website, www.yourcornerman.com forward slash podcast. Please leave your email address. I'd love to stay in touch with you. Uh, and let you know what's, what's upcoming. If you're listening on Google or Apple or Stitcher and you're enjoying the content, please leave a five-star rating. You'll drive us up in the rankings and more people can help and uh, find us and, and t- to take part. 
Remember, if you're an event planner, if you have a peer group, or if you're looking for a speaker, these are strange times right now. This show occurred during the time of COVID, so I've been doing a ton of these Zoom calls. So if you're looking for somebody to speak to your team or your organization, please go to my website, www.yourcornerman.com. Go to the speaking section, reach out and contact me. Some of you on my team or organization, or I'll call you back. We'll get in touch and see what we can do. Uh, I tailor every single talk to uh, your, you know, your company narrative and to your needs. I speak on the topics. I stay in my lane of leadership, peak performance, team building. And I've been doing a lot of these talks recently. And they're kind of fun. I can't wait to get back into a person standing in front of a crowd. But for right now, this is pretty good. And I'm really, really enjoying it. Uh, and it gives me an opportunity to access people around the country and around the world I hadn't done before. So that's pretty cool. Uh, but listen, I want to thank you again for, for joining me on this week's podcast. This is Coach Bruce Babishan, a.k.a. Your Corner Man. As always, I want to thank you for joining me, and I will hope to hear you and see you next time.